This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. I don't want to like burst the the Wizard of Oz thing, but like I am just like the Dong King of the Tailgate Society. I don't really do anything. Like everyone else does all the work, and I just kind of in the face. Another episode of Bitter Units, the podcast brought to you by the Tailgate Society and Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce, the best goddamn barbecue sauce in the known universe. Available at uh, all your fairways, Amazon, a lot of high V's, etc. If you haven't tried it yet and you're listening to this podcast, do it. It's great. We are joined tonight by our first guest, the man of the hour. Mr. Ted Plunt wanted to have Ted on first uh, in part because Ted brought us all together, which we all really appreciate and gives us the uh, platform to do this. So we'll get to Ted in a minute, but as usual, we've got uh, me, Mr. Aaron Wall, Studio A. Studio 2, we've got JT Nutt. Studio Trace, Mr. Tim Johnson. Evening. And in the command center, once again, uh, Mr. David Graff, uh, our digital sound engineer who makes us all sound a little less stupid every week that we do this. So let's get after it. I, I think the first thing we want to do this week is we're going to talk to Ted, and then we're going to get into uh, our tasting as we've tried to let you know on Twitter and maybe Instagram and Facebook and wherever else we could think of putting it uh this week's beer is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, so we will get to that. But first, we're going to talk to, to Ted, and the first question I want to ask you, Ted, is kind of a general question, so shape it how you want a little bit, but, uh, you know, as I said, you brought us all together at, at the Tailgate Society, so how did the formation of Tailgate Society kind of come about? Where did, where did that idea come from? Wow, asking the person with the worst memory that question um and real quick on the <laughs> dead eye on the dead eye thing uh because i know it's been kind of hard to find on prime at some places uh they put on new websites called locally markets l-o-k-o-l-o-k-o-l-y market.com bunch of like small businesses on there so if you want to check that out maybe i'll link it on the internet sometimes i can't talk because i'm drunk but anyway yeah just me and jared smith and tom danielson started a podcast we uh shopped it around to a few websites and they basically told us they didn't want us and that kind of put a chip on our shoulder so we did the podcast for like a year or so and then we used to have a chat and we would get drunk and we decided like you know what let's put the podcast on a website and we just started putting it together there's a bunch of people out there that might not have like spaces for their voice to be heard or you know they can't get their voice heard and we just opened it up and like we're now we're like in 17 states across the United States and a bunch of friendly fun writers and it's a it's a nice mental health space, our Slack, and yeah, it's just we're, we're thriving. And we wouldn't be here about Deadeye, obviously. I mean, about Deadeye, I don't even know we've made it this far. We're going on four years come August, I think. So maybe it's three years. I don't know. Shitty memory. Is this a not safe for work podcast, right? You guys put that in front of this, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we tagged that so, at the beginning. You're, you're free to I'm go. I'm pretty excited to see how uh, <laughs> David wrangles in me on podcast. I purposely did not be as drunk as I could have been. I didn't want to put him into any torture. But yeah, it's, it's an amazing little thing, you know, and we're just in it for fun and giving people voices and platforms they might not really have. And like I said, we're we're not at all bitter that we didn't get this other podcast. That's fine. Whatever. They're lost. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's a cliff note version of it. But, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know you guys were, were doing the pod before. Yeah, we did the pod. Uh, the We're Not That Drunk yeah. podcast was like a year before the podcast. And that led to the website. I see. And then, that yeah. makes makes some sense then why it, why that came about the way it did then. Yeah, happened because we got tired of radio people being nice on their takes. If that makes sense, I guess it'll yeah. happen that I would yeah. and like yeah, like kept their sense. like they kept their kick gloves on. I don't know if you all remember the Hawaii hotel incident where like Fred like maybe like the guy like the basketball team was sleeping in a lobby for a night or some shit and like yeah. 
none of the radio stations would like ask Pollard straight up if that happened. So we just like, we said, we're going to podcast, we're going to rant and we're going to be bitchy because there's a Paul Rhodes area era and we were pissed off all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> we won the cuss after football games, but yeah. All right. Anyways, on to the beer and other questions. Yeah. So one question that we started off this podcast with for the three of us was what our desert island beers are. What are those beers that if you are trapped on a desert island, you would love to have with you? And I'm curious. I know Ted, you're not a huge beer drinker. But I know that you've had a beer or two in your day. Uh, so what would be on your desert island? Like, here's the here's thing. Like, we had this question on one of the original, like, we're not that drunk podcast. And Jared Smith said his desert island beer would be Coors Light because it's water. And you need water <laughs> on a desert island. So I think I might just steal that answer. I don't know. Like, I just don't. Beer makes me really full anymore. Like, and, like, I only have, like, I don't know, I'm less than a 12 pack, and I'm just like, I'm gonna turn on the whiskey because I can put like water and whiskey. But like, I'll say, like, let's, let's do like a craft beer and like a fun beer. So let's say, like, I don't know, I really like Natterdays. I don't know if that's like blasphemy for this website, like this podcast, but like Natterdays are like my <laughs> go to beer right now. Like, they're perfect for the shower. They're like a lemonade beer, and it's like, it's warm in the shower and it's steamy, and you want something that's just kind of sweet or a uh, big fan of a. What is Bell's Brewery's summer beer? Oberon? Oberon's really good. Big fan of that. So that or uh, Two Hearted's great. Mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite uh, craft beer. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could say Bush Light, but I mean, Bush Light, Bud Light, Coors Light, Keystone Light, they're all the same thing. Except Miller Light's trash. So, sorry. So yeah, I'm going to go Oberon or Natter Days or any of the normal, easy-drinking regular beers that are all the same recipe i'm sure right tim uh they're all pretty similar yeah so i I don't think i've ever had a bad shower beer though ted yeah i know i should i had that easy eddie tonight for the first time in the shower and i like thought to myself like i'm like not giving it service because every shower beer is good like you never you never had a bad shower beer they're all like oh this is pretty good i'll drink the same time you know then you have it outside the shower and you're like that's kind of shitty like yeah jt would drink peroni in the shower (laughs) <laughs> no, no. I'm glad you guys did not no, have me on for no. some green bottle bullshit. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Ted. With the Tailgate Society, you've got a wide variety of people. Is there any criteria you have for deciding who you want to join the website, or is it just word of mouth? See, I'm not very smart. So, like, we we toss a thing out every year or so, like inviting people, and then they like give us some stuff. I ask for like a sample or something. And I normally I give it over to like Tom Danielson and. Tammy and Austin Arbor really and I go is this shit any good and those three look it over and they tell me if it's any good and then I email the person back like I really I don't want to like burst the the Wizard of Oz thing but like I am just like the dong king of the tailgate society I don't really do anything like everyone else does all the work and I just kind of in the face so like they're just smart people like I'm just they show me how to do stuff and occasionally I break it and I have to go like ask for help but yeah that's how it is you just Send us or email me at flintmixfire.g on Gmail or I'm on Twitter at Ted Kansas. And if you want to join, just tell me, ask me, you know, and I'll reach out to you. So, and hopefully they like your shit because I probably will read it and then go off my day. Sorry. Ted, I was going to follow you up with a bonus question if I could. Sure. What is the proper way to shotgun a beer? I'm not very good at it. Like I did that one the other night and then my buddy, it wasn't even a beer. It was my friend. He, uh, he carbonates black velvet and seven for me in cans and they're fucking amazing and they're really smooth. And like when I cut into that the other night, it like sprayed my entire basement. Like it shot shit everywhere. Like I had to mop it up. Like, but apparently like there's some bubble technique that our friend Moldy was talking about. I didn't catch it. Like, does anyone know the bubble technique? I, I saw it on, on social media, but I didn't follow up on it cause I've never really done a ton of shotgunning myself, but it seemed to make sense. You need to make sure you know, like, where you're going to put your finger at before you cut the hole. That's, like, for where you're going to pull the tap. That's probably yeah. the most important thing. Like, you need to, like, line up that aspect. Because a lot of people, like, they cut the hole, and then they, like, go to, like, where they can snap it, and then they can't get a good grip on it, or it's awkward. That's my that's my advice. Find the, uh, find the uh, I don't know, tap? Is that the right word? What the fuck is that little plastic <laughs> piece called? 
that works for me. I guess that's what I've always called it. Do you turn your sideways at parties so you know which beer can's yours? No. <laughs> no. 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 I, I've actually, I've never shotgun a beer in my life. Not once. Really? Nope. I've drank a lot of beer, but I'm not, I can't do the whole open your throat thing like beer bongs and stuff. I'm out. I can't do it. It just ends up all over me. So I just, uh, not very good at that. But, uh, that's going back to, to how people get linked up to TGS. That's exactly how I ended up with TGS. Ted put a thing out on Twitter, I believe. And I wrote, uh, my first, uh, trekking tailgater article, the rough draft of it and submitted that. And that's how I ended up here. Uh, the, the one with from Portland and Scooter McQuaid. <laughs> so, uh, what I what I would do is just go pull up a store at a dive bar like right now, like just oh, oh no shit, I'd love to be at Carl's place right now. I walked uh, around uptown Minneapolis yesterday, and there's all of these rooftop bars that you could just see all the rooftops empty, and like a single tear just trickled down my cheek. And it's so beautiful outside right now. Like it'd be perfect for a patio or yeah. Oh my god! Especially tonight was just freaking gorgeous. Because in the Midwest we haven't got the humidity yet. There's no mosquitoes yet, so it's a nice warm day and just cool enough at night. Ah, the best time of year is like even fall where you can have like shorts on and then like a hoodie, yeah. and then by like a fire. Like that's just perfect. Ah, yeah, just in a bar or a fire right now would be would be perfect. Yeah. Absolutely, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Uh, well, it's a great question. We're, 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 we're all we're all like just like stop talking because we're all like visualizing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all reminiscing, which is going to be the next question. Now that we've started talking about it a little bit, um, and I hadn't thought about it before, but you know, if you could right now go out anywhere, eat whatever, you know, because we are all kind of spread out. Where where would you go right now? Oh man, that is a good question. I mean, if I go anywhere, I go to my favorite bars in the Ozarks. But I, mean, I go to them once a year. Like Beer Bottom Lounge Resort is my favorite place in the world. It's at a, it's a wet bar, and the wet bar is like probably twenty feet by ten feet, really small. Like maybe like, but like it's so small, and like it's like a off the grid bar. So like, there's not many people there. So like, you literally don't have to wait in line. You're in this water like that's like waist deep for four hours in the sun, and you just get fucked up. And I don't know if you've ever been in a wet bar when you get fucked up. When you step out of the water, like your legs just don't work. Because you've been in the water for like four hours and you don't realize like how drunk you are. You don't realize you're not holding up your whole body. So then like when you step out, it like it's it's a it's a mess if people can't hold their liquor put that way. So <laughs> you, know, you don't you don't leave the pool ever. You have to go to the bathroom. You just assume those filters are are state of the art. And you just, <laughs> that is true. I mean, one year, my, of chlorine in it. One, one, of the, one of the year, my buddy lost his sunglasses in three and a half feet of water, and we couldn't find them. <laughs> <laughs> That's how cloudy the water was. They just, it, and no one wanted to dive down to go search for it. <laughs> no. I, like, I, there are probably 20 pairs of my sunglasses at the bottom of Lake of the Ozarks, but I don't think I've lost a single pair at the bar bare bottom, but I don't think I would want to go. I'd rather go fish down the bottom of Lake Ozark than the bottom yeah. of the wet bar, like, it's like everyone's like worried about like football and shit coming back and i'm like i've been going to the ozarks now for nine years and i'm like if i don't get the ozarks in august i'm gonna be in a bad spot <laughs> i mean I, I don't say i care less about football but four days of the ozarks gets me through the other 361 days of the year so we'll figure out football come fall let's get the ozarks in the summer here first you know all right I, I totally understand that because I'm, I'm feeling the same way about the trip i've got planned to go to greece this summer Oh. Finally saved up the money and got the time and all that to go take a big trip like that. I've never been overseas and <laughs> and the Rona hits, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? But uh, JT, if you could get out, where where would you go? Let's, let's all talk about this. There's so many places I go to on a weekly basis that I can't do. Uh, if I could go to one spot, it'd be the new favorite bar down the street from me, the Winchester uh, I know a couple of other people from the tailgate society have gone there. Tom Danielson has gone there. It's kind of more of an upscale bar in Valley Junction, which really doesn't have that. It's a cocktail bar and it's really laid back. I mean, they won't even turn on the TV for a week and nobody notices type of place. 
and the staff there is really cool. And it's like two blocks from my house. I can have a couple and be able to get home safely. Other than that, any of the breweries here in town, especially 515 and, uh, and um, Twisted Vine, because I used to go there all the time. But food-wise, I'm really missing the chicken coop, which some of them have opened, but the one by my house hasn't opened. And I found out they have amazing ribs and was eating that like every day for like two weeks before they closed. And, oh, God, I could go for some ribs right now. But that's, that's where I'd go. Or if I could go anywhere in Des Moines at all, I would be sitting in fourth row on uh, first base at Sex Taylor Stadium in our company seats that we've had for almost 35 years and just, you know, watching baseball, drinking my craft beer, having a good time in the sun, watching the AAA guys try to make a name for themselves and make it to the big leagues and just enjoying life because that's, uh, that's what I miss more than anything else right now. Right on. Tim? What about you? Yeah, there are a billion places that I, I like to be. Like I said, I went for a walk the other day and walked by so many patios. Uh, the one I've really been craving lately, there's this dive bar in northeast Minneapolis called Grumpy's. That's fantastic. Uh, it has a, a tiny little patio and back. You can bring vinyl in. They'll spin some, some music for you. Uh, it's just an absolute staple of Northeast Minneapolis. It's one that when I used to live in that, that neighborhood, I used to go there all the time. You know, I've been going there for 20 years and, and seeing that, you know, I've gotten to know the staff and some of the, you know, bartenders that have gone to other things as well. And, and seeing that place closed has, has been uh, uh, a little sad for me. So be one of the first ones I want to go kind of repatronize once all this is said and done. Go in and take your Lionel Richie albums in to get spun. Yeah, yeah, probably my Lionel Richie, yeah. <laughs> Dancing in the sheets, right? Yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, <laughs> for, for me, there's this uh, small chain. I think there's seven or eight of them down in the Dallas market uh, from that's when I lived down in Texas called uh, Babe's Chicken and Dinner House. It's a great place. They, you know, heard people in and out of that place. I mean, it's crazy how busy they are. But the ordering is about as simple as it can get because you get to pick one of, I think it's four or five entree selections, fried catfish, fried chicken, stuff like that. And everything else comes out served family style. It's the best. All you do is order your order your entree and then you get mashed potatoes and green beans and cream corn and all the side fixings and everything comes out. It's the best. I used to go there all the time. Uh, on my birthday when we lived down there. And uh, it's been a while since I've had it, and, and now especially, I'd, I'd love to be back there. It's fantastic, really good food, uh, really well done, actually. So the next question I've got for you, Ted, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a hard right turn here on the subject matter, but uh, what's your uh, most overrated superhero movie? Oh. Ooh. Um, wow. Can I say Tim Burton's Batman? Or is that going to piss you off? Like, I don't know. You started this website to say what you wanted to say, Ted. So say it. <laughs> you can't. You can't say that. Like, I don't know. Like, that's a really good question. I don't know. Like, I, I, I like all superhero movies. Like, I don't know if one's overrated. Maybe you could probably pick one of the Avengers, I guess. But they're all properly rated in my head. There's not one that everybody's like. Well, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just saw Logan one time, and everyone loved Logan, and I was super tired, and I didn't see the theater, and everyone like built it up in my head like it was going to be this amazing Wolverine in story, and I thought it was just kind of blah. It's not really a superhero movie, honestly. Like, I get it, he's a superhero, but that's way more of kind of a like a character piece than it is a, a superhero piece. So like Solo, everyone would have hated Solo in the Star Wars, but that's like the backstory of Han Solo, like he's such a jaded, depressed mofo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah similar to that, where they're trying to make it do a legitimate drama, which, you know, whether or not that worked for you is one thing, but yeah. I Logan's probably, I really liked Logan, but I think I would probably... As far as overrated, I think. I mean, because the DC movies get shit on so much, so you can't really pick them, right? I mean, I like all Nolan's Batman. I think they're like a perfect trilogy. Yeah, and, and I yeah. think all the Avenger movies are properly rated. They're all pretty good, and the bad ones people don't like 
crop up. You know, is it a hot take that, like, Infinity War more in Endgame, I guess? I don't know. I think that's the better of the two, but Endgame's really good. Um, I don't know. That's tough. I like superhero movies. It's like saying what's your favorite Western. They're like people that are old. Jeremiah <laughs> Johnson. Three ten to Yuma. Well, is Jeremiah Johnson a Western though? Jeremiah Johnson's a mountain man. He's not really a cowboy. Yeah, it's you know, not you know, a Western probably. I mean, it's a really good movie. There's a really good Western no one ever saw, but it's got Liam Neeson and Pierce Brosnan called Seraphim Falls. Yeah. And it's freaking amazing, and no one ever saw it. But if you ever get a chance to check that out, give it a shot. There's so you like, see two United Kingdom actors try to have a Western accent, but not really succeed at it? No, it, they're amazing. It is so freaking good. There's like, a later, it'll blow your mind. There's a later John Wayne movie called Chisholm that I like because we used to watch it after the bars. And they sing the, like, a theme song called John Chisholm. And every time they sing the theme song or say his name, Chisholm, you're supposed to like, take a drink. And it would just fuck your world up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, God, you, do you have an overrated superhero movie? You're the one that asked the question. Like, do I have all, an over? Uh, oh, um, they're all properly rated to me. Like, I don't know. I mean, I could tell you that I think Guardians of the Galaxy is better than any Star Wars movie since the original trilogy. Is that a hot take? That's Maybe. a hot take. I, I love. Guardians I don't know. Of the that is a properly rated Star take. Or- properly rated. I mean, hell. <laughs> You ask me, Serenity, the Firefly movie's better than any of the last Star Wars. Except Hell maybe, yes. Best man, maybe Last Jedi. And that's really the one that's really I've really loved. And I know Rogue I've One. Like, Hell, Rogue One's good. The last 45 minutes of Rogue One's probably the best Star Wars out there. Yeah. But, but, but I'll agree with you. Serenity and Fire. Serenity is amazing, but Firefly is even better. Like, for a, just like a 10 episode show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, you know, overrated superhero movies for me is, you know, I think it's probably the it's probably the one you said first, actually. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, uh, I like Batman. You mean yeah, probably. Yeah. Can't turn his neck. Yeah, it's just yeah, <laughs> it's uh, there's some oddities that kind of throw I me mean, off. So it's tough. I mean, you could maybe say the first Avengers. I guess uh, maybe I don't know. That was uh, better than Age of Ultron, though. Age of Ultron. Yeah, was that was bad. Kind of, yeah, that was just kind of mad. But, but, but nobody's out there saying it's really good either. So no, and James Spader can't like, be a bad guy. Kind of like Aquaman or even uh, the Justice League. Like uh, you know. Spider Man, Spider Man, not great. Yeah, I was gonna say I think the Tobey Maguire Spider Man I would say would be overrated oh, just because God. that got a ton of love at the time, and I think it's just awful. I have kids that are in the comic books. I've seen all the Spider Man. Would a hot take be that Tobey Maguire is the worst Spider Man of the three? Oh, no, he's, he's, he's the worst. He's Andrew Garfield got a shit rap because his movies weren't good, but he's a really good Spider-Man. I like yeah. him. Yeah, he, he didn't write the thing. So. Yeah, right. Exactly. He was given a piece of crap to work with. Uh, any uh, any other questions? God, that Superman question is going to bother me. We should put that to Twitter. We'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. They could be part of a drunk dialing, too, have everyone... We're discussing Disney movies tonight on Drunk Dialing. I'm, I'm excited. I have a bunch of hot takes. Ooh, all right. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the new one yet, Onward, but I've seen most of the recent ones otherwise. Ooh, that yeah. one, oh, man, Onward is sneakily, like, cut you open and, like, rip your heart, man. It sneaks up on you. By the way, Princess Bride just hit Disney+. Plus. Uh, I think the last week, my daughter watched it for the first time today. With her headphones on, so I wasn't really paying attention. But every once in a while, she was giggling, and I could figure out which scene she was at. I'm glad to see that one. I mean, totally not. We watched that a few weeks ago, and the boys got through it, but they didn't hold their attention as well as I thought it would. I think my five-year-old has a thing for Fred's. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Should 
we uh, crack these beers? It's been sitting there like a half an hour before it's warm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's do that. Go ahead and crack them open and pour one into your glass for your homies or whatever. I, I brought a glass. You're saying just I heard you, guys, you guys have glasses. I, I went and got a glass just for you guys. My TGS. Well, it's, Tim's, it's Tim's rules here. So. <laughs> And I'm not such a snob that I don't drink directly out of the can, but if you're going to taste a beer to experience a beer, to me, it's always a good idea to put that into a glass. For one, you're going to be able to get that appearance. I'm really kind of concerned about how old my beer is because like, I feel like I have a small town grocery and I don't feel like this gets bought a lot. I'm kind of worried about how long this has been sitting in that freezer. They do date code their, their bottles, so you Where's should be able to park them on there. Where's, where's Usually on the neck. Like on the bottle bottle? or On, on the paper? bottle bottle, yeah, I believe. I, I'm drinking out of a can, so I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty I, sure. I know the date code. It's on the back. If you look on the back label above where it says pale ale, it should have a date. Package to go 11-26-19. Okay. All right. So that's only, okay. only six months ago. Yeah. Mine's from... <laughs> mine's from Mine's from two four of twenty, so mine's quite a bit newer than yours. How bad? Yeah, one twenty one. Mine is is April eighth. Jesus! Oh, fresh out of the tap. So yeah. six months. Okay. All right, I got the skunky one. Perfect. Yeah. So the reason I I thought we should do this one, uh, you know, it's funny. It 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 didn't make my desert island list, but it's definitely one of those beers that probably should because it's one that I'm always happy with. But yeah, this is kind of the, one of the granddaddies of the American craft beer movement that's still hanging in there strong, right? You know, American craft beer really kind of kicked off in the late 70s. Home brewing wasn't made legal till like 78 or 79. Fritz Maytag opened up Anchor Steam in the mid-70s. People weren't, weren't really doing uh, a whole lot of that. Uh, Sierra Nevada was kind of one of those first Ken Grossman and his buddy were, the, were the, the home brewers to go pro at the time. So I thought it would be kind of a, a good idea to, to try something that's been there, but not just something that started it all off, but that has stood the, the test of time. You know, you you hardly ever see Anchor Steam on tap anywhere. When was the last time anyone bought an Anchor Steam? But at, at a Giants game in San Francisco? Yeah, and that's about it, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's a great beer. Don't get me wrong. It I love is. California Commons. Really it's a very good beer, but it, it doesn't, you know, especially just everything else that has gone on with that that's kind of changed. But, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale has kind of stood the test of time. So I maybe I'm out of line here, but have you guys all had it before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's on my favorite app, Untapped, that I – uh that I had four years ago. <laughs> the most perfect app in the world, right? I gave it a 3.5 out of 5, so I'll be interested if it holds up to that prestigious ranking. Are we allowed to drink it yet, or do we wait? Yeah, well, so yeah, tell you what, go, go and take a sip. We won't, we won't make this a perfect tasting here, but we'll go and take a sip here. Uh, well, we've only got Ted for so long, because he's just pre-gaming with us. Yeah, so. Right. yeah, but so you take a look at that, that uh, that color. So we talk about the the way we do these tastings. It's appearance, aroma, taste, mouthfeel, finish. And so, what are you guys kind of seeing as as you look at that that appearance? First of all, JT. Well, I mean, it's, it's clear. You know, yeah. you, it, you can see right through it. Um, it is a obviously a darker golden golden brown. Uh, than say the Peroni was, which is the much lighter golden, uh, and uh, but it looks looks good. This is to me like the perfect shade of beer to look at. Sure, yeah, it's the perfect shade of beer and the worst shade of piss. because uh, if you get this color, you're very dehydrated. <laughs> but it's but it's clear. I mean, there's a little bit of cloudiness to it, not much. But I mean, it's definitely you can something you can see through pretty clearly. And if you look at it, you definitely know that you're drinking a beer. Uh, as you said, the color is kind of a goldish color and a little bit of red in it. And it, it, it's just a nice looking beer. Yeah, and this is a this is a beer that whether you have it in the can or you have it in the bottle, it's can or bottle conditioned. So 
what that means is instead of force carbonating it, they're actually putting a little bit of yeast and sugar in at packaging. So if you pour it hard into your glass, you're probably still getting a little bit of yeast and a little bit of sediment in your glass. And so that can certainly contribute to the haze. It's certainly not something generally you want to do. You want to decant that off depending on the style, but uh, it does add a little bit of that. So you guys held it up to your, your nose. You got that aroma as you were tasting. What are you kind of getting out of all of that? Beer. <laughs> beer. <laughs> It's a beer that I, can, that I enjoy. Like, I'm not a big craft beer fan, so I could drink that, but I couldn't drink six in a setting. I can tell you that. that to me, I take a big sniff of it. It, it, smells, uh, it smells like a grain. If you think of, you know, growing up in the Midwest and wheat fields and you carts of stuff, you know, I, you know, farming and all that it smells that i get that green smell I don't, although i know that's not necessarily what it is but that's what it smells like a little bit sure. to me sure JT? you were gonna ask ted something no i was gonna i was gonna ask you actually what what, okay. what are you kind of getting from the aroma i kind of what i look at the label actually it gives me a new idea because it kind of makes me think of being in a stream uh in a forest and you get the clean smell of the water, but she also got a little bit of pineiness from the trees, so that's what I kind of smell, like good, clean air and just clean, I don't know, pure is the right word, that seems kind of wrong, but there's a little bit of pineiness to it, a little bit of aroma, but it's it's not overpowering, but it's really good. Yeah, it's pretty mild. I mean, I got to stick my ample nose down into the glass and take a big whiff to get a good smell of it, so it's it's not... Not like the Peroni was when you crack it open and you immediately smelled it. It's a oh, little Jesus. more mild aroma than that is than that was. Kind of go under that and that whole taste, mouthfeel, and finish. What are you guys getting out of that? Uh, it's tasty. <laughs> I like it. I, I particular, I do actually like this beer. It's, it's the one that I've had quite often, actually. But it's just mouthfeel. It doesn't leave a huge aftertaste. I mean, it's smooth going down. Um, I don't, you know, I don't find any faults from the feel of it in my mouth. It doesn't feel like it's leaving a film or any of that kind of stuff. It's just a good, a good clean beer to drink. And, you know, I could probably drink a 12 pack of these. My first mouthfeel doesn't feel all that different than Peroni at first until you take a actual swallow it and then actually get the aftertaste. Then it's completely different. Then it's, not skunky it's refreshing and it just it's just a good flavor it's the right amount of flavor without being overpowering gives you you know it hits the taste buds right in the right spots without just completely power driving them which is kind of nice so nice crisp refreshing all the things they say about beer that that definitely applies to this yeah and this is one of those beers that <clears throat> is, a, is a single hop beer this beer features cascade cascade hops are from the Pacific Northwest up around your area, Aaron. And, uh, yeah, you can raise the roof, old man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, They're a hop that was developed, I believe it was at Oregon State back in the mid-'70s, maybe even the '60s. But it's kind of the hop that created that that American craft beer movement. Once again, Fritz Maytag, originally from Newton, Iowa, by the way. Fritz Maytag actually... uh, I uh, used that in his Liberty Ale, and uh, Ken Grossman and the guys over at Sierra Nevada threw it into Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and now it's it's one of the standard American hops. This is one that if you really want to learn, we'll talk at some point down the road about Bell's Do Hearted, which Ted had mentioned earlier. That's kind of the quintessential beer for learning what Centennial hops taste like, and this is the one that if you want to understand what, what Cascade tastes like, this is really that that one it's it's a multi-use hop you can use it for bittering for aroma for flavor you get some floral notes some grapefruit a little bit of pine like jt said so it's one of those that really kind of defines the movement so so it's none of the things that i said is what you're saying (laughs) well so one thing that you did mention before was like aroma and getting kind of that grainy maybe breadiness what's interesting about you know Beers developed. This was this beer was developed in like 1980, so it's not 
quite as old as we are, but it's, it's it's an older beer. But that style back then, they used a lot more kind of caramel. Speak for yourself, old man. Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely two years <laughs> older than I am. So. <laughs> I'm a huge. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we established that I'm the oldest TGS member, I think. So. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know. Tom Hyde's like 78, so I think he got he got to be. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he's a couple months younger than me, actually. We figured that out one day. Were you guys comparing depression stories from the 1920s? <laughs> <laughs> Some, something like that. When there was green back up beside the railroad. Uh, but, Is this yeah, Thanksgiving no. Day yet? Oh. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, so this style has more kind of caramel and malt, and so you d- definitely get more of a malty character out of this beer than you do anymore if you put caramel malts or, or crystal malts in, in an IPA or a pale ale, people will almost scoff at you because it's not popular with the style but it is definitely so Aaron you weren't you weren't wrong entirely when you talked about this beer as well every once in a while you actually say something that makes sense whether you meant it not talk. entirely wrong <laughs> it's, it's just a good beer like, like that's like that's it's like it's just not fancy mm-hmm. it's just a good beer like does that make sense like it just like sometimes it's just I just want a beer that tastes like a beer I want coffee flavored coffee I want like you know, what I mean, like, yeah, right? like it's good. Gas can like whiskey. It. That gas can whiskey is actually not bad. <laughs> uh huh. Like, no, I, I like that take though. Just kind of that that beer flavored beer. It's one of the reasons why, again, it has stood the test of time. It's not like New Albion and some of these other breweries that kicked this this whole thing off forty years ago. It's because it set kind of a standard and sometimes you just want to hear them play the hits, you know, so sometimes you want a trendy color for your house. Sometimes you just want a classic white. And I think this is one of those where it's not, not flashy by any means, but it's just a very well crafted, well executed beer. Yeah. Right on. It's very consistent. You know what you're going to get. It's just a good solid beer. Ted, it does it like, live up to your 3.5? Actually, I looked at my, I looked at my favorite, my favorite app, Untapped, and <laughs> it was actually I, I gave it a four point five four years oh, ago. Oh, really? So I'm, I must have really liked it. And I made sure to check in again on my favorite app, Untapped. They should pay me. <laughs> Untapped is a re- truly great app, by the way. I'm not sure, Tim. Then Tim, I don't want I don't want Tim like finding my Untapped friend. <laughs> Don't worry, Ted. I won't. I won't judge you for that. There's a lot of other reasons to judge you. I don't think you're untapped. There, there are plenty of reasons to judge me. Son. <laughs> no, when I come out with some flaming hot takes that Lilo and Stitch deserves to be a top five Disney movie, that is. Ooh, no, I'm fine. Lilo and Stitch is a great movie. But anyway, I don't know if it's top five, but it's good. We'll save that for the next show. But yeah, I mean, it's a good. It's a good beer. Like, but like, I just get really full on beer. Says the guy that can like drink. 750 liters of whiskey, milliliters of whiskey a night. Like, it just, unless I'm like outside in the sun or tailgating or Ozarks where I'm drinking all day, like, I just, it's easier for me to like just, oh, right, I'm just going to make a whiskey in seven. I don't know. Does that make me, does that sound bad? I guess. I don't know. I just, it, well, it's weird to me because seven up is carbonated more than beer. So, in theory, that you're consuming well, more gas, you should feel more full on it. Anymore, I don't really put seven up in it. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a name for it. The bartenders tell me what it's called, but like it's basically it's seven. It's black velvet, a bunch of water, and then I just splash it with seven for like the taste. So it's just like a little wave, waves the can over the top, and whatever falls in goes in there. Like <laughs> if, if they had like a squirt, like if they could like just if I could just squirt the seven up taste into the water, I wouldn't even need it. You know, you could just get a lemon and a lime. Have you you've heard the fucking cutting my hand open over? Pork patty story, right, Tim? Like, yeah, I, don't one, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you want me to a knife, like drunk as shit. So <laughs> that's true. Well, you you've actually got a got to run here in a minute, don't you, Ted? No, I'm watching it. I got like, five more minutes. Okay. I got I got the studio open. I'm multitasking. Oh, At some point, oh. I need to make that four fingers of a red stag in my side cup. I drink like, like I know I have three drinks in front of me. I have a Red Bull vodka. I have a black velvet water. And splash of seven, and I have the beer. So that's that's probably a bad thing, right? That sounds bad. Like, no one's like, what your goal is. 
like <laughs> people that don't like listening to like the other podcasts or just listen to you guys they're like god they're fucking owner the fucking drunk <laughs> i mean our podcast is literally just about drinking beer so I think probably, <laughs> yeah i mean okay yeah. i mean we're pretending to be snobby about it and try to learn something but i'm just here to drink beer every week i'm just here to put david through the you the, the loops come on us like <laughs> we can't of, hear him, but kinda, he just loses his mind right now i'm, I'm kind of de- i'm kind of devastated that's not it's not a safe work podcast to see how many how he like like Dove around the f bombs. I've been dropping all night. So, you know what? Sometimes, honestly, the beep is better than actually hearing someone cuss. I'm I'm still the first person to drop an f bomb on a Cyclone Fanatic podcast, and I didn't even catch it. Oh jeez, <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Like I got back in the car, and Smith was like, "You know, you said fuck on that podcast, right?" Like, no, I didn't. And like they like put the podcast live, and like instantly, people on Twitter are like, "You're just gonna say fuck whenever you want." My uh. My old boss used to be a recording engineer for Prince, and when Prince passed away, then one of the radio stations had him on to kind of talk about his experience with Prince, and I was like, I can't believe you didn't drop an F-bomb once. He's like, oh no, I was on a five-second delay. They edited that out all the time. <laughs> he, was, he was five seconds away from saying, just dropping like 20 F-bombs in a live, quote-unquote. Whenever I'm on the radio, I get real nervous. Real yeah. nervous. I would have David would have just uh, cut the f bombs out and put fork in from. Uh, he just borrowed the audio from uh, the good place. Holy fork and shirt balls! The best, the best ad in the history of uh, movies though is uh, Major League Two, or maybe it's Major League One. Strike this guy out! Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so or that's the, or the worst. The, <laughs> or, the, uh, the, go ahead, Ted. Uh, no, you might be saying the same one. I'll let you go first. I was gonna say snakes on a plane. I'm tired of these, these melon farming snakes on this Monday Friday plane. <laughs> At the end of the Die Hard Two, that he says Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. Oh yes, and, and, there's, so. and there's no character named Mr. Falcon. Well, there's the also uh, Big Lebowski. This is what happens when you find a stranger in Alaska, or this is what happens oh, when Alps. you find a stranger in the Alps. Find yeah. a stranger in the Alps, yeah. The the Yippie Kaye Mr. Falcon makes me think there's this show you guys as kids might know Storybots. If you've seen Storybots. I've seen it but I've never listened to it. Oh, it's fantastic. There's one where they're talking about how rain is developed and a raindrop drops in the cloud and shouts out Yippie Kaye Mother Nature. <laughs> Yay. That's my favorite when kids shows put in a little bit of adult humor. So it's something for us to watch as adults, and I always found it hilarious. You guys remember the cartoon? Did you ever watch Two Angry Beavers? Yes. Negative. Ghost I right. remember the day I I'd watched it a lot, and then I remember one day showing up to my folks' house, and my dad's sitting there watching Two Angry Beavers, and just thinks it's hilarious. He used to watch it all the time. I always thought that was pretty funny. But, you know, I was obviously much older then, but not one of those things I would have figured on him enjoying. Um, but overall, JT, um, yeah. beer you'd drink again? Oh, absolutely. No, this is one I don't stock in my fridge a ton, but it's always one I'm happy when I had drink it. Uh, I got it in bottle. I kind of felt like I should have maybe got it in cans to get a different flavor this time. But, yeah, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is definitely – it's just as we said, as Ted said, it's a good beer. It's just good. It's one of those. It's like one of those bands that's never in anyone like. It's like Tom Petty. It's no one's favorite musician, but you enjoy it. Tom Petty's on like hell yeah, I like this. Yeah, I can rock this. Never disappoints you. Never makes you go too crazy, but you enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, hundred well, percent. I, well, I, I hope I'm going to drink it again. I got five more of them. over. It's a good shower beer, Ted. Promise. It's pretty good. But uh, why don't, uh, Ted, why don't you, uh, you know, give us the rundown on the beer other than it's pretty good. You're going to drink it again, obviously. But uh, I'm shout not, out I'm, what I'm, you're I'm, doing. I'm, and what... I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at, like, describing shit, man. It's, it's good. It's not heavy. It's not, like, some pale ales are, like, undrinkable. Like, I feel like you guys, like, we didn't, like, have a podcast where, like, Tim, like, describes me, like, the differences between pale ales. Because, like, 
I love Two Hearted Ale, and that's a pale ale, right? Like, what, like I don't understand what the difference between IPAs and pale ales are. Like, yeah, that could be a whole separate podcast. You me. know, like, like because I feel like they're the same thing, but they're not. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and they are. They're cousins. You know, yeah. but like, or, or or from from where you're at in, in Southern Iowa, they're they're brothers yeah. sisters. You know, but like like some pale ales I really like, and some I hate. Like I love Too Hearted, but I've had like other pale ale. Is Too Hearted a pale ale or is it an IPA? Uh, I don't know. If they technically call it IPA on the bottle, but it is it is IPA. The you know the styles kind of overlap. It's like you know is is Pulp Fiction a comedy or a drama? Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Like, so it's just. I don't know. Like it, it's it's a beer that I'll drink, but like some IPAs or pale ales, like I drink, I think I drink it. I'm just like, God, God, can get this thing down, you know? Like it's shit like that, you know. So, but I suppose, guys, um, I probably should go check out and find some Dead Eye. Like I said, that that website or their website or anywhere, you know. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. Go to the website thetailgatesidey.com because I don't think Aaron said that at the beginning. Maybe he did. no, I, I don't think I did. I'm still, so, I'm still pretty new at this, Ted. So, uh, subscribe, and even if you're, like, not going to, like, listen to these podcasts, we would just appreciate, like, just if you subscribe and download, because that's great for us. So, yeah. And sometime I'll have you guys on Drunk Town, and all three of you. Yeah. And we're going to get really drunk over, like, two hours. And Tim can describe to me what the difference between a pale ale and IPA is. So. Right on. Hey, well, we sure appreciate you being here, Ted. Thanks again. And uh, we all appreciate the opportunity of you letting us uh, do this. You guys are great. I appreciate it. I I love your shows. And I'm a, I was going to try drinking the beer that you guys drink, but it's really hard to find it right now in the quarantine. We'll keep you posted on the next one for sure. Appreciate it. I appreciate it for sure, guys. All right, you guys take care. Enjoy the rest of your show. And if you want to call in, you guys all have the drunk dialing number. So right on. See you, Ted. Bye, guys. So a nice lead-in. Uh, obviously, we've pretty well covered Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Um, I think we all approve of this beer lead into kind of closing down the show we want to talk about what we're doing next um and i believe what we're doing next is widmer hefe that's where we're going to go next mm-hmm. the uh widmer hefeweizen right did i say that right that is that is correct jt making a very happy face about that it looks like that uh, is like my yeah. least favorite style of beer ever <laughs> but we'll give it a well, shot. This, so. will, this will be fun. And we'll be we'll we'll be trading roles as I I kind of like it. Uh, <laughs> bison's and and uh, JT is going to play the role of Grump. Yes, three one two half a bison. Three one two is an American wheat. Okay, that's that's what I'll say. It's it's I, they don't use a bison yeast. I don't believe. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's an American ale yeast. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's going to be our next uh, next beer. Um, after that, still to be determined. Uh, along with uh, additional guests and everything else, we may have one on the next pod. We may not. Uh, you know, getting people to come onto a fledgling podcast is uh, something we. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to do a little more regularly as we go along. Uh, it was a joy to have Ted here, obviously. Um, and again, shout out to Ted for giving us the platform to do this. And hopefully, uh, everybody out there that is listening and, and is enjoying our podcast, uh, as Ted said, subscribes on Apple Music, Stitcher, whatever other platforms there are, because I'm a big dummy. Um, you know, get out there, subscribe, rate it, if that's a thing. Um, you know, tell, <laughs> tell us about it. Give us feedback on write uh, a letter to your local newspaper. Yeah, give us go a, full uh, Karen mode. <laughs> give us feedback on Twitter or uh, you know, Facebook or whatever. Uh, wherever you can find us, tailgatesociety.com. Uh, you know, all of that. Uh, anybody got any final? kind of thoughts about this beer, anything we, we touched on that you wanted to hit back on before you get out of it? No, I definitely, as I said earlier, I definitely need to try this in a can instead of from a bottle. Uh, but I, it's actually pretty well stocked here in Des Moines and the local hy and all that. 
haven't been to Hy-Vee in a while, uh, but I might need to make a trip tomorrow and pick up some canned versions of this. Yeah, you know what? I've been drinking it mostly out of the cans. I picked up both cans and bottles just to see what I could what I could get. But man, it just—it's one of those things that I I really appreciate a well-crafted beer because there's so much beer out right now that I'm gonna go into that guy mode. But there's so much bad beer out right now, or beer that is good for a very short amount of time. And yeah, I was drinking one that was just a month old. That's because I relentlessly date shop when I when I shop for these things. But I'm confident that Todd, that Todd Ted's was really good, despite what uh, uh, you know, despite the age of of November. I think I think this is just one of those beers where, man. You don't last 40 years without knowing what you're doing. Well, that's not true. Aaron and I are here. But in general, you don't <laughs> last 40 years without knowing what you're doing. And uh, <laughs> and these guys really do. So Awesome. Well, I think that pretty well covers it. Again, find you some Jedi barbecue sauce, um, fairways, hives. We'll put out the website that Ted was talking about. I, I didn't catch all of it while we were doing this local something or another, but we'll, we'll tweet it out with the, with the pod and all that and make sure you get out there and know where you can find dead eye barbecue sauce. Appreciate those guys. Uh, once again, Mr. David Graff doing the digital work here for us. We appreciate you buddy. And uh, until next time when we're drinking Widmer Hefeweizen, thank you very much. <laughs> Living in a German town in Iowa has paid off at least once in my life. So thanks again. Again, rate us, subscribe, I, all that stuff that I don't know anything about, but you know because you're smarter than I am. This is Bitter Unit for Tim, TJ, and myself. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time.